we welcome you to the Truth Simply Put, our broadcast and teaching series at the Basilea Commission. You're about to receive God's unadulterated word, brought to you by Pastor Alexander Victor. Challenging, uplifting, and provoking you to new dimensions in your kingdom walk. And now, today's message. What's your news? That's what we started talking about yesterday. And I, I laid the, the background of, of, the, of the conversation, how there's so much noise going on. There's all kinds of stuff going on out there. And I remember saying, dropping a punchline yesterday that the church has no business trying to spread the news that the press is doing a better job of. The church has been given one particular tale to carry. There's only one thing we're permitted to gossip. There's one thing we're permitted to spread. There's one thing we're permitted to peddle. There's one thing we're permitted to cast. There's one thing we're permitted to promulgate in the earth. And that thing is not the conspiracy theories. That thing is not um, schools, schools of thoughts of men. It's not trains of thoughts of men. It's not the philosophies of men. High sounding nonsense, as Paul calls it in Colossians chapter 2. Where which men stand in, in place to deceive. That's not the message of the church. The end time itself is not even the message of the church. We talked about that yesterday. Um, put, up, put, up, put up Colossians 2. Colossians 2 and verse 8. Colossians 2 and verse 8. Colossians 2 and verse 8. Put it up in the NLT. Okay, let, let's, yeah, let's, 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 let's see it in the New King James first. Uh, Paul says to the Colossian church, be, and of course to us by implication, beware lest anyone cheat you, he says through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. Put it up in the NLT. Thank you. The NLT says, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. Take it from the top. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world. So this world has spiritual powers at work in it. Rather than from Christ. Don't let anyone for the third time capture you. This is very instructive. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. Listen to me. I've taught our people the sufficiency of God's word. Everything God intended for you to know, he has said. Everything God intended for you to know, his word contains. Everything God intended for you to know that his word contains is revealed to us by his spirit. Everything God intended for you to know, he has said. 
Everything God intended for you to know, his word contains. Everything God intended for you to know that his word contains is revealed or unpacked by his spirit. Anything outside this is quasi-scriptural. Anything outside this is antichrist because they're offering and peddling stuff instead of Christ. And Paul warns against that very instructively, very strongly, very strong-wordedly. He says, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies. So this is how you know. You see philosophies, you know that's not Christ. You hear high-sounding nonsense, nonsense that has been elevated to the position of wisdom. Conspiracy theories and all kinds of permutations and all kinds of calculations and all kinds of numerologies, including what they call biblical numerology. And I wonder why Paul did not speak to them and tell them that three is the number of this and five is the number of this and seven is the number of this. If that was the only way to understand the revelation of Christ, Paul should have written it. Think about it, no? Paul should have written it. But instead, he demystified the gospel. He didn't re-mystify it. He didn't re-mystify Jesus. He didn't shroud Jesus in further mystery that we who are now reading have to try and understand. Whatever they did not need to understand what was written, you do not need. Whatever the original audience of the scriptures did not need to understand the revelation of Jesus, you do not need. So it turns out that when it comes to staying with Christ and staying with the gospel, less is more. Less is more because you can get distracted by what this philosopher has to say and what that commentator has to say and what this commentary has to say and what that lexicon has to say and what this Bible scholar has to say and what that person has to say. And you are running after Matthew Henry. You are running after Strong's. You are running after MacArthur. You are running after all the people and that, that I don't have any problem with them. But rather than Christ. Colossians 2.8 and if it is not Christ as espoused in his word, unveiled and unpacked by the ministry of the Holy Spirit, it is high-sounding nonsense. And Paul says, don't be deceived by empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense. You don't need to know maths to see Christ. You don't need to know physics to see Christ. These guys were unlettered men. Remember that scripture in Acts? And when they heard them speak and perceived that they were... Unlearned and untrained men. Ah, they were unlearned and untrained. Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. These guys knew, they knew nothing. What's your news, right? What's your news? Acts chapter 4. Peter and John, right? First-hand disciples of Jesus. Um, let me find uh, verse uh, 5. Let's go from 5. And it came to pass on the next day that their rulers, elders and scribes, as well as Annas, the high priest, Caiaphas, John and Alexander, and as many as were of the family of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they, they asked, by what power or by what name have you done this? Uh, eight. Then Peter. Had only one qualification. Then Peter. Filled. With the Holy Spirit. Not armed with degrees. 
not armed with conspiracy theories, not armed with human permutations and calculations, not armed with medical prognosis or scientific analysis. Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you and all, and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. 11. This is the stone which was rejected by you, by your builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Said 12. Nor is there salvation in any other. They healed a blind man. A, a lame man, rather. They were asked to speak. That was the one that said, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. The and God have been on. And as soon as they were speaking in verse 12, they linked it up to the message. No, yes, no, is there salvation in any other? For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. 13. Now, when they, who's they? Anas, the high priest. Verse 6. Caiaphas, high priest. John, Alexander, and many as many as were of the family of the high priest. When they, 13, saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled. See the conclusion, the next line. And they realized that they had been with Jesus. In LT verse 13, the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. They realized they had been with Jesus. They perceived they were untrained and unlearned men. And they could understand scriptures without Bible school. They could understand scriptures without professors of theology, Christology, ontology eschatology, soteriology, demonology, angelology, theology, pneumatology. Everything I've called is a valid course. I'm not just making it up in my head. Ontology, study of God. Christology, study of, study of Christ, Christos. Demonology, study of demons. Angelology, study of angels. Pneumatology, study of the Holy Spirit. Pneuma, pneumatos, spirit. Soteriology, study of salvation, the salvation and redemption plan. Soteria or sozo. They're all valid. But these guys did not have that. But guess what? They saw Jesus. So you don't need a magnifying glass to see him, sir. You don't need a degree to see Jesus in the pages of the scripture. You just need to see him. Or sit under somebody that can see him and show you to see him. What did Peter and John tell the layman? They said, look at us. Yeah. Ah, man, look at us. Man, look at And when they said, look at us, they were not saying, look at us in, the, in, in, in themselves, yeah. uh, in the flesh. They were saying, look at us in the dimension of what we are operating under. Yes. So when they said, silver and gold have we none, but such as we have, such as we have, we give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. That was it. Say, look at us, look at us, fix your gaze, fix your gaze on us. 
Not us in the flesh, because as Paul says later on in 2 Corinthians, we have this treasure, verse 4, chapter, 7 and, chapter 4 and verse 7, in earthing vessels that the excellency may be of God. If you need to go into quasi to understand Jesus from the scriptures, you are following high-sounding nonsense. Empty philosophies. I'm a theologian by training. I am. I can hold my own anywhere. I didn't drop from the sky. So I have nothing against those guys. I have nothing against those fields of study. But not, let us not champion those as though that were the way to see Christ. Christ is revealed. And anybody who is filled with the Holy Spirit, like Peter was, can see and speak, should see and speak, should conduct and transmit Jesus in the earth. Anybody. It's not respect of age. It's not respect of academic qualifications. It's not respect of intonation and, and, and diction. It's not respect of elocutions and pronunciations. It's not, it's not respect of all of that. It's Christ revealed across the nations for all to see. He is the news. And every son of God can speak this news. Yes. This is the only news that you have to speak. What is the qualification that you are filled yes. with the Holy Spirit? Yes. That you are filled with the Holy Spirit. And that news is never out of trend. You don't need any special qualification to do it. You don't need any special ordination or commissioning yes, to declare the gospel. Oh, I have not been ordained. Something's wrong with you. That's the reason why you will not be ordained. Because it's a gospel that is on the lips or should be on the lips of every son of God. Don't allow yourself to be captured. Empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. So it is either from Christ or it is from the spiritual powers of this world. And don't, don't, don't think that Paul was referring here to Illuminati. Don't think that he was referring to Islamic scholars. Don't think he was referring to Scientologists. No, no, no. Paul was referring to people that are attempting to preach the gospel using high-sounding nonsense. Does that make sense? Paul was referring to people, pastors, preachers, teachers, in the body. People that were mixing grace and law in Galatians, were they unbelievers? They're religious people. Yes. Judaizers, Paul calls them in, in Galatia. People that didn't believe that Grace by itself without works was real. So those of you that are here and fighting, oh, grace, you must balance it with works. Your grandfathers have been doing it for centuries before you. So we're not afraid of you. Hmm? 2,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago, Jesus died on the cross. It's around that same 2,000 years ago that they started fighting the gospel of grace. Mm -hmm. So you are just learning. You are still learning how to fight it. You are still learning. Are, we're not going to shut up because you go on Facebook or go on YouTube, or go on WhatsApp and make noise, and try to interpret the word of God asegetically without making sense. I showed you yesterday how you, it's very dangerous to pick a scripture of the Old Testament and deal with it in isolation, in absence of the revelation of Christ. Very dangerous. You most likely miss Christ because you are delving into mysteries that are no longer present. Philosophies of men trying to preach Christ using numbers, trying to preach Christ using philosophies, trying to preach Christ using science, trying to preach Christ like you are doing astrology. 
looking at the stars, looking at the signs. They asked him for a sign. He said, no sign will be given this perverse generation other than the sign of Jonah. Jesus was, Jesus was not in the business of supplying signs. And, he was not in the business of calculations. He wasn't. And we saw yesterday how Paul says that you are not sons of the night, mm -hmm. that this day shall overtake you. And he tells them in chapter 1 or 5 of 1 Thessalonians, there's no need for me to write to you about these things. So why are we caught up in the very things that the apostles downplayed? Who are we following? Whose news are we peddling? Why are we caught up in the things that the apostles minored on? Why have they become our majors? Why are we doing meetings that the apostles did not champion? Why have we made prayer points out of what the early church did not make prayer points of? What have we made teaching series and seminars and conferences out of what the early church did not make all of those of? The more we complicate the thing, the more we confuse people. And the nonsense starts to take a seat on the high table. High sounding nonsense. I didn't say it. I'm sorry. Read your Bible. Check it out. Colossians 2 eight. Come bite me later if you want. I didn't say it. Don't let anyone deceive you with empty philosophies and high sounding nonsense. That comes from human thinking. From the spiritual powers of this world. Rather than from God. Rather than Christ. So we're, 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 we're jolting you back into reality. The reality that there's really one message. I've said over and over, Christ is not a message in the scriptures. Christ is the message of the scripture. To read the scripture and not see Christ is to be blind with 2020 vision. Yes, to read the scripture and miss Christ is to miss everything God intended to say to man. Because Christ is everything God had to say. Christ is everything God has to say. What happened on the Mount of Transfiguration, Matthew 17? The law was represented in the place of Moses. The prophets were represented in the place of Elijah. Jesus was sandwiched in between them and three onlookers were watching. And God speaks from heaven and says, This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He adds the next phrase, which is very important. Next phrase, hear ye him. In other words, Jesus was saying, God was saying rather, that hey, law, prophets, uh, this is all they have been trying to show you. This is all they've been trying to show you. And now that he's here, this is all I have been trying to say. Hear him. Shut your eyes from the, uh, from the prophets and shut your ears from the law. Hear him. God, Hebrews 1 and 1, at various sundry times and sundry ways in various manners, spoke in time past to our fathers through the prophets. As in these last days. So if you believe, if you believe we're in the last days, Jesus should be at the top of your sight. If you believe, if you believe we're in the last days, then the last days are the, last, the days of Jesus. The last days are not the days of the Antichrist. It's too small. The last days are the days of the manifestation of the sons of God. Has in these last days, the writer of Hebrews says, spoken to us by his son, who he has appointed heir of all things, through whom he also made the worlds. Who, this son, being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had by... Himself forged our sins, he sat down.
Christ is everything God has been trying to say. Christ is everything God had to say. Christ is everything God has to say. If Christ is not enough for you, you're most likely a witch. What, what are you looking for that you think falls outside the remit of Christ? He who spared not his own son, Romans 8, 31, 32, somewhere there, but gave him up for us all. How much more will he not along with him freely give us how many things? All things. Blessed be the God our Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, Ephesians 1 and 3, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessing, every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. He has blessed you with every spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. God is able to make all grace, 2 Corinthians 9 and 8, abound towards you so that you having all sufficiency in all things shall abound unto every good work. Why? The grace of God. Who is the grace of God? The charis of God. Christ. God gave you Christ. You are looking for more. I know I have Jesus bought, but what? Empty, high-sounding nonsense and philosophy has infected you. That's the pandemic in the church. That's the pandemic in the church. Not some silly coward illness. That's a pandemic. I thought you used to sing, Now take that whole world and give me Jesus. Now take that whole world and give me Jesus. And take that whole world and give me Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. This is Jesus. You took the whole world and gave back Jesus. You took the whole world and threw away Jesus. You turned your back. You turned your back. Because Christ is everything God has to say. Christ is everything God can do. Christ is everything God is. He is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Colossians 2.9 For in Him, in Him, in Him, in Him, in Jesus, in Christ, dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Jesus is all of God contained in a body. The encapsulation and the embodiment of everything that divinity is like. Everything that divinity is made up of is showcased in Christ. Everything is the news. It's never out of trend. Never out of trend. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Just the, just the first two verses. Now, the Corinthian church. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Listen to me before I read this thing. There is no church. I've said it over and over. There's no church, no church that had drama, issues, challenges, carnality, selfishness, Greed over Sabi, all at once inside one church that had a greater flow of the Holy Spirit in the midst of all the nonsense. This same church, people are sleeping with their father's second wife, which is already a problem. The man is in church, the father is in church, the father's wife is in church, the father's concubine is in church. And Paul calls them saints. Stay with me. Paul calls them saints. This same church 
cover hair so that they will dis distinguish you from the prostitutes in the temple of sex in Corinth, you will not agree. You open your hair. You too. Open your hair so they will differentiate you from people that are going to the temple to go for those prostitutes. You too. You will not agree. Corinthian church. Then you now gathered in church. You gathered in church. There's still plenty Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit in the Corinthian church was so full that everybody is prophesying at the same time. It was this Corinthian church that Paul now told Timothy, their pastor, that in that Corinthian church, let the women keep quiet. Not in the universal church in the whole world. Hello? But in the Corinthian church, because some scripture is descriptive and some scripture is prescriptive. Not all scripture is descriptive. Not all scripture is prescriptive. So somebody is doing salt service because a prophet carried salt to cure water. You to tell members to bring salt. You have not seen Christ. You only saw salt. Sodium chloride. So you are doing sodium chloride service. You have not seen Jesus. Because when you understand that Jesus now comes and says, in a metaphoric way of speaking, he says, you are the salt of the earth. Mm -hmm. If salt loses its seasoning, what's the hope for the earth? He didn't say you are salt. So we might as well go and now become pillar of salt. Not just do salt and service, sugar service. Is that not so? If we are the salt of the earth, we might as well be salt. Anytime you want to cook, don't put salt in your soup. Cut something from your body. You are salt. You know salt. Cut salt from yourself and put it in the food. Because after all, you are the salt of the earth. Paul saw Corinthian church. He spoke to Timothy. To understand first and second Timothy, I've, I've taught our guys, you read first and second Timothy in the light of first and second Corinthians. You read first and second Corinthians in the light of first and second Timothy. This is Corinthian church. Everybody's prophesying. And let me shock you. Everybody was prophesying at the same time by the same spirit of God. Paul did not imply that they were in the flesh. It's just everybody was so charged with Holy Ghost plus their issues. Holy Spirit was still moving. This same Corinthian church, people were arguing that some people should not marry because to marry is to sin against God. Others were arguing that if you married and your husband died or your husband left you, that's it. You should stay on your own. So they wrote to Paul to ask him, please sort out this whole sex issue. Same Corinthian church, people were arguing whether to eat the food that has been given to idols or to not eat the food that has been given to idols. First Corinthians, go and sit, sit, settle down and read First Corinthians. This same Corinthian church were arguing, please excuse me, Apollos is the one that's our pastor. Paul is the one that's our pastor. Cephas is the one that's our pastor. One church, oh. Are you getting the picture? One church, Corinthian church. Same guys. Same Corinthian church were the people that did not like to give. They excelled in every other grace, but they refused to excel in the grace of giving. Paul starts to deal with it in 2 Corinthians. Now I'm giving them examples of other churches. I'm giving you the backdrop of where the Corinthian church was. The Corinthian church was far from being your ideal church. If your Corinthian church was present today, you will look into the church and call the church carnal. No religious bigot, no religious elevated person, no self-righteousness peddling Christian can look at the Corinthian church and believe that God is here and believe that they are believers, saints, God forbid. But check yourself if you're listening to this. And that is why I, as an under-shepherd, I have lent long-suffering with our people. 
I've learned that Jesus, God has different colors of children. They're his children. Are they, they're not my children. I'm just a caretaker. What's my own? I'm just a caretaker. God asked me, where is this one in this flat? Look at him. How did he do? This is how he did. Where's the person in the other apartment? That is it. When did they pay their rent? That's the caretaker's job. I'm a caretaker. I didn't die for anybody since. And I've learned long suffering. I've learned forgiveness. Ah, oh, I've learned forgiveness. I've learned tolerance. I've learned to hear people tell me stuff and I just reply with a smile. I've learned to, to, to delete stuff from my head. I've learned to forbear. I've learned to bounce back as hard as it is. I've learned to keep loving even when I know that you are against me. Because Paul encountered all this with the career. Paul had to walk. Can you imagine Paul telling them, though you have many instructors, you have grown a bit, you have plenty of people that can teach you gospel. He said, you don't have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus did I labor over you through the gospel, that I birth you through the gospel. You will not believe today that the Corinthian church was a Christian church. You will not believe today that the Corinthian church would make heaven. This same Corinthian church had Holy Ghost meetings. Everybody's talking at the same time. Paul now had to start explaining to them how to handle stuff in chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians. This same Corinthian church will come for Holy Communion, shack the wine and become drunk. Hey! Jesus! Eh? Corinthian church got drunk. Can you imagine getting drunk on the blood of Jesus? The blood of Jesus gets me drunk. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus shocked me up. It They put wine for, for the blood. You know, it was wine for the blood and bread for the flesh. They now drank the blood of Jesus. Drank the wine. Drank it. They fought over the flesh. Remember the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 11, they fought over flesh. They, they're not waiting for, they were not waiting to be served. Everybody would just rush the food. Those Corinthians were Nigerians. Go and trace our ancestry. We didn't come from Israel. We came from Corinth. I'm telling you, I promise you. I promise you. Notice our, our Eastern brothers are saying they came from, they migrated from Israel. No! Your symptoms are consistent with Corinthians. No, no, imagine that the whole table was set up, up for, the, for the food and buffet style. People now just start going and just eating, packing, loading. You know, coconut rice, jollof rice, white rice, MTN rice, ete rice, ete salad rice, uh, 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 agidi, moi moi, fufu, uh, vegetable soup, afang soup, all at once, beans, plantain, coleslaw. Only, only you, Nigeria, Corinth. They now took the wine and drank the wine so much that you became drunk. And God is looking at you and is like, oh, see my children. See my children. Have you gotten the picture I'm painting? It's not a good picture, is it? Because of their disregard for communion, people were falling sick because communion is not, there's nothing inside communion. Let me not go there. There's nothing inside bread and wine of Jesus that you eat for communion. Yes, Jesus simply said, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. So because they were not doing it in remembrance of him, they were not maximizing the benefits of the cross. Yeah. And so for that purpose, some of you were sick. And for that purpose, some of you sleep or die. 
I will not talk about that today. It wasn't communion that was killing anybody. When Paul was saying, examine yourselves, he was not telling them to examine themselves be, be about sin or worthiness to partake. No. We are saints already. You can't be telling saints. You are not, you, no, you're either a saint or you're not a saint. And in 1 Corinthians, he refers to them as saints. So when he says examine yourselves, you're talking with, with, with reference to their conduct at the Lord's table. Because you are not conscious of Jesus and what he has done for you. As you're supposed to be reminded by this Lord's table, some of you are sick, you're not benefiting from the healing of the cross. And some of you are dying on account of the sickness, from, on account of not benefiting of the sickness on, of, of the finished work of Christ on the cross. That's the summary. Corinthian church. Now, I've painted all these pictures. They had money problems. They had sex problems. They had conduct problems. They had worship problems. They had leadership problems. They had pastoral issues. They had insubordination issues. They had carnality issues. They had gluttony issues. They had debauchery and drunkenness issues. One church. They were, they were that, at the point they even began to doubt whether the gospel is even correct. Whether Jesus actually rose from the dead. 1 Corinthians 15, Abi. Is the resurrection, has, is it coming? Has he passed? Or when is he coming? Same church. I, I, I'm painting the picture. I want you to get the picture. Same people are fighting. Should we eat the, the food given to idols? Should we not eat? Okay, if we eat it, how is it affecting this person? Because this person is... Same church. Same church. Now this church... I'm going somewhere with this. This church qualifies, therefore, for relationship seminar. If we're going by 1 Corinthians 7, where they had issues. The church qualifies for money and prudence in finance. Seminars and training. They qualify for sexual orientation. They qualify for leadership training seminars and conferences. They qualify for 268,000 days deliverance. Based on what I have told you about what was happening in the choir. Can you imagine that you're the pastor of a church where a member of the choir is sleeping with a member of the ushering who is the concubine of an elder in the church. Imagine that that's your church. Then the same church, everybody's not forming that they're still the Holy Spirit. And then at the same time that they're the Holy Spirit, they are getting drunk. And as they're getting drunk, they are speaking in tongues. If everybody could speak in tongues, Paul had to warn them and say, Kai, I thank my God that I, at least I speak in tongues more than you all. If all of you speak in tongues and nobody is interpreting, and then somebody that comes in, what, how would the person be edified? Kai, these people, people were prophesying, people were seeing visions in the same church. Same church, same church. Has Jesus come back? Is he not coming back? What is going on here? What's not going on there? In fact, now that all of us are, 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 are equal in the sight of God, we are joint heirs of the grace of God, there's no need for a woman to be under a man. Everybody's equal. 1 Corinthians 11. Now concerning headship. You are looking at head covering. Head covering. Scarf, scarf, not scarf. Ay, ay, ay. You miss Jesus in the picture. Cover hair. Cover not hair. Cover hair. So all Jesus died for is to come and create tax force for covering hair. But then when it's in America, Jesus understands that the culture in America is different. 
So the angels in, in America don't punish the Christians in America the way that they will punish Christians in Nigeria because of covering hair. Can you see your life? And you are saying, I'm, I've, been a, I've been a Christian for 30 years. I know the Lord. No, you know Bible stories. They haven't seen the Christ. Because Paul says in 2 Corinthians 3, when anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. If anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away, 2 Corinthians 3. When anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. So there's a veil, you haven't turned to the Lord. You have just been in church. You have been trapped in philosophies and high-sounding nonsense. This is the point where you switch off the broadcast and look for another channel. But this is the point where you stay on and allow the eyes of your understanding to be enlightened. The Corinthian church was messed up. Paul should have done all kinds of trainings, all kinds of counseling sessions, all kinds of sensitizing. That's why God did not call any of us to be police of holiness. He didn't call anybody to help him make us holy. Help him keep us straight. Corinthian church was so messed up. So messed up is the same people that Paul was telling that Christ became for them righteousness. That's Corinthians 1.30. Christ became for them sanctification. Christ became for them redemption. Christ became for them wisdom. He didn't grind them down and throw them out and told them, you have lost your salvation. He didn't start to preach money. I took time to paint the picture of the Corinthian church so you can understand that there's no church present in the world today doing all the activities it is doing that thinks they needed it more than the Corinthian church. Do you understand what I'm saying? The Corinthian church was the most problematic and the most needy church that was on record. Now that I've painted this picture, look at what Paul says to these people in 1 Corinthians 2 and 1. Paul then tells these people, these messed up people, he says, and I, brethren, when I came to you, Corinthians, I did not come with excellence of speech or wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. Two, he says, for I determined. What's your news, people? Paul says, I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Put it in NLT. When I first came to you, dear brothers and sisters, I didn't use lofty words and impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan. For I decided that while I was with you at Tukelebrega, he says, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. Paul says, I determined while I was with you that I would do what? I would forget everything. I choose to not see your depravity. I choose to not judge you according to your fall. I choose to not judge you according to your confusion. I choose to not now stop the message of Christ and start to preach to you how to live a sex-free life. Paul had the opportunity. He had the authority to start to teach them how to be free of sex. 19 ways to stay holy. 33 ways to master the manifestation of the Spirit of God. 48 ways to conduct a service without killing yourselves. Nine steps to having Holy Communion effectively without getting drunk. 48 prayer points in a booklet to bind the spirit of drunkenness. 69 ways to forgive your brother. 
Let me write you a quick booklet on how to handle cases. Because it was the same Corinthians Paul was telling them that why is it that both of you have issues with each other? You cannot settle among yourselves. You now have to go to court. He said, do you not know that you would judge angels? It was the Corinthians he told. So hold on. Let me do you a quick 10-day seminar on how to manage celestial or ecclesiastical judiciary. Paul says, and that is instructive for us. Paul says, I determined that I will forget everything else. Tell your neighbor, forget everything else. Forget everything. Wherever you're watching, tap somebody who's next to you or tell it to yourself, say, forget everything else. Forget. He said, I will forget everything. I determined. It didn't just happen. Paul said, I determined. Put the NLT. That I made up my mind. I chose. I decided while I was with you that I will forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. Why? Because once you see Jesus, you fix up. You can preach fix up all you want. In the absence of men seeing Christ, they can't fix up. They will just obey the rules that your constitution stipulated. Men will just obey the conditions of your bylaws. Is that not so? Our church says we should dress like this. We will dress like this to meet the requirement of the church. And we haven't seen Jesus. Our church said we should give like this. I write about our giving like this. You write about it and you have met the requirements of the church, but you haven't seen Jesus. If you, can't, if, you don't, if you dress like this, you can't come to church. So you stay away, you dress the way church expects you to dress. A church, that's dogma. It doesn't give life. And we get people to fix up to match our, our expectations of them. Jesus doesn't need them to fix up to approach. He says, let us come boldly, Hebrews 4, before the throne of grace. doesn't give any conditions. I'm going to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You obtain mercy by coming boldly to the throne. You can't fix a people until they see Jesus. He is the fixer. He's the cleanser. Have you seen Ephesians 5? Husbands ought to love your wives as Christ loved the church, who gave himself for that he might... Present her, cleanse her with the washing of water of the water. He might cleanse her and present her to himself a bride without spot or wrinkle. Even so ought men to love their wives. Christ is the one that is cleansing. It's not you to clean yourself and come to Jesus. It's come to Jesus who is the cleaning agent of God. As you see him and come through him, you arrive at God clean. So Hebrews says in 13, let us through him, therefore, through him, let us come. Through him, let us give the fruit of our lives, blessing his name. No, we don't preach fix up. We preach Jesus. Paul says, I determined I chose. 2 Corinthians 2, 1 and 2. He said, I determined to know nothing, nothing, nothing. I would forget everything except Jesus Christ and him crucified. The reason why we get trapped in stuff is because we take our eyes off Christ. We start to look at human thinking, right? Colossians 2. And we start to see high-sounding nonsense. You, you, that, that's how you can feel like you are wise and you don't understand how foolish you have become. You think you are being deep. You think you are so deep. You have a grasp on the word. You have a grasp on the spiritual things. You have a spiritual sister. Spiritual brother. Your nose is up. We can't instruct you. You can't reason with anybody. You are... You are high and lifted up. There is no one like you. Hola, 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 sister. You're high and lifted up. There's none cool as you. 
kudos, kudos, toile, toile, brother. Hmm. I'm telling you, you're wise. You know what has trapped you? Empty philosophies, high-sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking and not Christ. Because Christ is the end of your pride. Yes, sir. Christ is the end of your pride. If you have a tail, the moment you turn to Jesus, that tail is cut away. If you came to Jesus and you retained your tail, you came to Jesus, your ego is in place. Look again. Yes. Look again, sister. Look again, brother. You came to God, your comportment is still in place. Your character hasn't shifted an inch. Your comportment hasn't changed. You cannot see that. I wait, hold on a second. I, because you remember where, where we're coming from? We're coming from a teaching set that says you are what you see. Don't misrepresent Christ. If you haven't seen him, please say you haven't seen him and then see him. Don't be forming that you are seeing him, but your actions is not consistent with your sight. But when you see Christ, you choose. Halama. Somebody say, I choose to forget everything else except Christ and him crucified. What's your news? Have you heard that this one broke up with this one in the same local church? Have you heard that this one, uh, the phone broke? Have you heard that that one, the jam came out, the, the jam jammed them? I was with this person, and the way they, the way they look, they have not done their hair in six weeks. Now, this is the seventh week. You are antichrist, though. You are instead of Christ. You are peddling a false news. And woe to you, woe betide you. Because what Jesus said, woe to him through whom offense will come. Woe betide you if somebody believes what you are selling. Woe betide you if you derail, you cause somebody, Jesus said, even one of these to stumble. You cause somebody to stumble because of your attitude, because of your character, because of the seeds you sowed, because of the news you casted. I hope I'm instructing somebody tonight. Yes, because of the seed you sowed. Somebody was walking fine. Somebody was following the Lord. Somebody was serving his pastor well. Somebody was serving, giving, until they met you. You said something, you scattered their head. You drove them away from Christ because you injected something in them that came from human reasoning, human thinking, and not from Christ, in whom dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He's the news for all time. Yes, sir. He's the news for all time. He says, I determined to forget everything else. It's a hyperbole that, that suggests that he exaggerated. Hyperbole is when you ex exaggerate something for sake of emphasis. Said I said, I will forget everything. Because, you know, he touches on these things over and over as in, in, in his letters. But the crux, he was telling them, the crux of what I'm doing with you is that anything else I would deal with you about must be centered on Christ and him right. crucified. So when he goes on and starts to deal with issues, how is he dealing with them on the standpoint of Christ and him crucified? He never threw them out of the church and said, you have lost your salvation. Instead, he tells them, God became for you salvation. God became for you righteousness. Christ became for you wisdom. Christ became for you righteousness. Christ became for you justification. Christ became, Christ became. Do you not know, he starts to tell them in, this, in chapter 6 and chapter 10, that your bodies are the temple. People that were sleeping with prostitutes Paul was telling them that, do you not know that your bodies are the temple of Jesus? Because all the people who were prostituting needed to see was Christ. 
the news that the prostitute needed, the news was Christ. You don't need to tell a sinner that they're a sinner. They know. You don't need to tell someone struggling with drugs that they're struggling with drugs. They know. Every drunkard knows he has a drunkenness issue. Whenever they are sober, they think about it. They just don't have any control over it. The circumstance is not the news. The condition is not the news. The situation is not the news. The pandemic is not the news. That you are broke and homeless is not the news. That you got a job is not the news. That Christ was crucified and he rose to enforce my redemption. That is the news. That is the news and that he did that for the whole world. That is the news. That is what undergirds Paul's dealing with the church and all the issues they had. He dealt with it on the standpoint of what Christ did. Most times we handle issues in church based on how it affected our pride as leaders. So we want to punish people so that we can feed and satisfy our pride. Because most times we feel like it's us that they hurt. How can I be your pastor? You do this to me. But we deal with issues from the standpoint of the cross. That's the news for all times. That's what should be on your lips. The gospel. The gospel of Christ. The gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of peace. The gospel of grace. The gospel. The gospel. The gospel. The gospel. The gospel. It appears 77 times in the New Testament. The gospel of grace, the gospel of peace, the gospel of the kingdom, the gospel of, of God, the gospel of Christ. The gospel. Every thousand, that was the news. First Corinthians 15. Look at First Corinthians 15. Ah, it's time to grow. It's time to grow into Christ. It's time to grow into Christ and forget everything else in the news. Christ is the news. Christ is the news, oh. Christ is the news. Any channel you turn, Christ, UHF, Christ, VHF, Christ, 2G, Christ, 3G, Christ, 4G, Christ, 5G, Christ. Christ is the 5G. 5G is coming out of him. Without him, Malitogo was nothing made that was made. He's the G in 5. 5G. That G is Christ. Everything else is not the news. That is the news. The gospel. Paul says, I don't see anything else. I refuse. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which you also received and in which you also stand. We're going all the way to verse 8. By which also you are saved if you hold fast that word which I preached to you unless you believed in vain. Verse 3. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Hmm. According to Genesis to Malachi, yes, I showed you guys in Isaiah 53 how you see the cross. You check David, you see the cross. You check Isaiah 52, you see the cross. And that he was buried and that he rose again in the third day according to the scriptures. And that he was seen by Cephas, that's Peter, and then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once of whom the greater part remain to the present, at the present of Paul writing that letter. There were people alive who had seen Jesus among the 500. But some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen by James, then by all the apostles. 
8. Then last of all, he was seen by me also as by one born out of due time. See verse 3 for emphasis. First Corinthians 15, 3. He says, for I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received. That's what he received. See verse 1. I declare to you the gospel that I preached. What was the gospel? Christ crucified. That's the news. 2 Corinthians 3, 6. We're going from 6 to, oh, I don't know, 17 or thereabout. We don't retire Christ to preach healing. We don't retire Christ to preach prosperity. We don't retire Christ to preach how to make money. We don't retire Christ to preach marriage. We don't retire Christ to preach fitness. We don't retire Christ to preach relevance in the marketplace. All those things are good, but they are not the message. To preach them at the expense of Christ is to deliberately put a wool over people's face. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. 2 Corinthians 3, 6, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. 7, but if the ministry of death written and engraved on stones was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was passing away, how will the ministry of the spirit not be more glorious? For if the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. For even what was made glorious had no glory in this respect because of the glory that excels. You see the two glories? For if what is passing away was glorious, what remains is much more glorious. Therefore, since we have such hope, we use such great boldness of speech unlike Moses. We have boldness of speech unlike Moses. So Moses did not have the boldness of speech that we have because he didn't see the face of Jesus. Yes. Yes. He, what he saw had glory. Had glory. No doubt. Yeah. He saw glorious things, but the glory was a glory that was passing. So he didn't have as much boldness of speech as Pav has. Unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. So what was shining on Moses' face was the end of what was passing. It was the beginning of the end of that glory. So what we, we have boldness of speech. Their minds were blinded for until this day, verse 14, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament. You know what that veil is? The veil of the old glory. So people are looking to Old Testament for relevance. They're looking to Old Testament for revelation. Looking to Old Testament for relevance. Looking to Old Testament for Obadiah. Upon this mountain, there shall be deliverance. So this place is a mountain of deliverance. The veil is over your face. And you're operating in glory, not, not, not realizing that the glory you're trying to hold on to and sell to us now is the glory that has finished passing away. Because when in Moses' time, Exodus 33 and 34, it was the beginning of the passing. Now, brother, how much more now, 4,000 odd years later? The glory has finished passing, has passed finish. So it's this glory that changed hands. We moved from one glory to another. Yes. So to till today, the veil is over them. So they're looking for glory, looking for salt, looking for oil, looking for types and shadows, milk and honey. Mantle and handkerchief. Because the veil is over the face. Men haven't seen Jesus. The news. The trending news. 
You can't preach Jesus and finish preaching it. The same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament because the veil is taken away in Christ. The veil is taken away in Christ. The veil is taken away in Christ. 15. But even to this day when Moses is read the old the law, a veil lies on their heart. So they still cannot see Jesus in the Old Testament. Nevertheless, 16. When one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. That is the good news. Yes, sir. That changes everything. I am becoming him. Are you a believer? You ask your brother. Are you a believer? Do you love Jesus? Then you know that as you are seeing him, you are becoming him. You are becoming him. That's what that's all Paul knew. That's all Paul determined to show the Corinthian church as messed up as they were. He told them, remove the veil. See Jesus. Glory will change level. 2 Corinthians 5, 12-21. He begins to tell them about Christ having reconciled us, to God having reconciled us to himself through Christ. For we do not commend ourselves again to you, 2 Corinthians 5, 12, but give you opportunity to boast on our behalf that you may have an answer for those who boast in appearance and not in heart. For if we are besides ourselves, if we are mad, as we are accusing them, it's for God. Or if we have sound mind, it is for you, it's for yourself, if you are sick, that we have sense. For the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died. If one died for all, that's Jesus, one capital O, then all died in him with him. 15. And he died for all. <laughs> one died, all died. But even though all of us died, the death that matters is the one die that died for all. So we all died in him. If he died, as far as God is concerned, all of us died. Sin died. But the death that mattered was the one that died for all. That those who live, live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. You see, the rosing is important. Yes. Therefore, from now on, 16, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh. Yet now we know him thus no longer, 17. For if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. 18. Now, all things, now, 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 all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. Somebody say, through Jesus Christ. Through My access. And has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Go on. That is, that ministry is that God was in Christ. God, the location for this reconciliation, the place where they met. There's a place called Peace Village between North Korea and South Korea. It's a, it's a demilitarized zone. A small village where wherever there wants to be a communication over the past 50 years of the fight between North and South Korea, the person will step out of North Korea and enter that central zone. The person will step out of North Korea and enter that zone. So this place is neither North Korea nor South Korea. It's a neutral ground 
You cannot shoot into that place. You cannot fight in that place. You cannot do anything in that place. UN has had a presence in that place for over 40 years. It's a DMZ, demilitarized zone. Does that make sense? Now, when God was going to reconcile us, the beef that we had, God had with us, the DMZ, the location, was in Christ. Christ was the DMZ. Christ was where God and us met and settled the matter. And Christ resolved it and absorbed it. That is, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing the trespasses to them, and has committed the word of reconciliation towards 20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. Yes. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, you be reconciled to God. This season is, is, is the season for Christ on display. What's your news? Be reconciled to the one who has been reconciled to you. That's the gospel. Romans 3, 9 to 26. Romans 4, 1 to 8. Romans 5, 1 to 12. And right down to 21, the gospel. I right, take it again. Romans 3, 9 to... In fact, just read all of Romans 3. Read all of Romans 4. Read all of Romans 5. Just take it in. That's the news. Romans 3. Now your righteousness apart from the law has been revealed. Romans 5. Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through Jesus Christ our Lord. As by one man sin came into the world and death through sin also by one man. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. That's good news. That news never, it never tires me to hear. Because as you hear Paul says in 1 Corinthians 51, I declare to you the gospel of grace in which you believed and in which you also stand by which you were saved. You never tire of hearing the, the particulars of the gospel. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, right? By grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourself is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. 11 to 18, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Ephesians, just read all of Ephesians 2 with emphasis on verses 8 and 9 and verses 11 to 18. Read, read verse 11. You know, we always stop at 8 and 9. Sometimes we don't understand the nice meat that's in, 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 in there. Ephesians 2, 9. No, go to 11. Ephesians 2, 11. Therefore, remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by what is called circumcision, made in the flesh by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, at that time, at that time, at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope, you see the news, and without God in the world. 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. The blood of Christ. Hallelujah. But now you who were once far off have now been brought near by the blood of Christ. That's news. That news never gets old. 14. For he himself is our peace who has been made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is, the law. So what was the enemy? The law. Of commandments containing ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, one new man from law and grace, one new man from the circumcised and uncircumcised, making peace, 16, than that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. What was the enmity? The law. 
and the commandments and the ordinances. 17. And he came and preached peace to you who were afar off and to those who were near. 18 and the last verse of this text for today. For through him, we both have access by one spirit to the Father. That's the news. That's the gospel. It never gets old. The gospel is what strengthens. Hebrews 13, 9. NLT. So do not be attracted by strange new ideas. Your strength comes from God's grace. Not from rules about food, which don't help those who follow them. Grace is what establishes Romans 16, 25. Romans 16, 25, the New King James. Now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. So what establishes you? The gospel. What establishes you? The preaching of Jesus Christ. Not business seminar. What establishes you? The preaching of Jesus Christ. What establishes you? The gospel of grace. Show me a, a believer who is not established and I'll show you a believer whose diet is deficient of the preaching of Jesus. Deficient of the preaching of Jesus. The gospel is what confirms us. 1 Corinthians 1, 4-9. The gospel is what confirms us. I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you by Christ Jesus that you were enriched in everything by him in all utterance and all knowledge even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you so that you come short in no gift eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. 8. Who will also confirm you to the end? so that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who will confirm you to the end? Jesus Christ. How? By the preaching of the gospel. God is faithful, by verse 9, by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. It's the gospel that confirms, the gospel that preserves us. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved. May the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. Amen, oh, for me. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord, Jesus Christ. Who does that? Jesus. How? By the preaching of Jesus Christ. It's the gospel that preserves. The gospel is the power of God, right? Romans 1, 16. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation to those who believe, first Jew and Gentile. Healing, Christ. Supply, Christ. Peace, Christ. Stability, Christ. Life, Christ. Security, Christ. Prosperity, Christ. Sound mind, Christ. Expression, Christ. Creativity, Christ. Preservation, Christ. Sustenance, Christ. Consistency, Christ. Sufficiency, Christ. Elevation, Christ. Immunity, Christ. Exemption, Christ. Adoption, Christ. Sanctification, Christ. Justification, Christ. Redemption, Christ, righteousness, Christ, holiness, Christ, preservation, Christ, eternal guarantee, Christ, growth, Christ, maturity, Christ, advantage, Christ, wisdom, Christ, superiority, Christ, sense, sense, Christ, Christ, everything, Christ, Christ is the best God can do. Christ is the best God can do. So you have Christ, you have everything God is able to do. Think about the endless possibilities. 
Think about it. That you, in, in you, in you, dwells every possibility of God. You just have to believe it and live it. L-I-V-E. Because believing is living. Believing is doing. Believing is doing. That, that news doesn't grow old. That news doesn't grow old. You can't be deficient of your Christ diet in this season. He's all you need to know. You see him, you see healing. You see him, you see immunity. You don't have to pray. You don't have to pray to be safe. No, you know that in Christ you're safe. You don't have to pray. Your heavenly father knows you have need of these things. Now you having all sufficiency. God is able to make all grace. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. God is able to make all grace abound to you. That you, having all sufficiency in all things, shall abound unto every good work. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, the basilia of God, Christ, and his righteousness. Christ, our righteousness. Seek ye first Christ. Have him, have everything. Lack him, lack everything. Nothing comes in place. Nothing stays in place in the absence of Christ. He holds all things by the word of his power. You don't have him, you don't have stability. You don't have him, you don't have security. He's all these things and more. Everything I need and more. He is. He's our all. He's the news. He's never out of trend. Don't let anybody change what is the news on your mouth. Don't let anybody get you trapped in empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking and spiritual powers of this world and not from Christ. Don't do that. Keep your eyes on him, looking unto Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. For we determine to know nothing among you other than Christ and him crucified. I, did, I chose to forget everything else. 1 Corinthians 2, 1 and 2 and 2. I chose to forget everything as among you. Practice that in your life. Forget everything else except Christ. You're dealing with your brother. Erase everything else except Christ. Some nonsense that we're doing in church that will disappear. The moment you just align your optics to Christ. All the certain skirmishes and stuff will just... All the other names fade away. Poof! So all of a sudden it's clear and everyone is doing Christ. Everyone's giving like Christ. Everyone is serving like Christ. Everyone is talking like Christ. Everyone is joking like Christ. Everyone is conversing, edifying, encouraging, admonishing like Christ. Supplying like Christ. Growing like Christ. Manifesting like Christ. Forgiving like Christ. Edifying like Christ. Building up like Christ. Shining like Christ. Salting like Christ. Saturating the earth like Christ, loving like Christ, being the very arms and manifestations and representations of Jesus. Because as he is, so are we in this world. As we're seeing him, we're beholding him. He's the news. Let him be the news on your mouth. You wake up in the morning and you, your body is trying to do you somehow. Hey, open your mouth and read the news to yourself. It's called the riot act. You know when they read the riot act to some... To read the riot act to your body. Is your body mad? Has your body forgotten what is carrying? Has your body forgotten that it is the body that is a earthen vessel? And what is the body carrying is the treasure. So your body now wants to act like your body is the treasure. And you now sit down and be looking at your body trying to form treasure. You read the riot act to your body. Say, hey! Straighten up yourself and come into conformity to the obedience to God's word. Because I am the righteousness of God in Christ. You can't mess with me. When it's time to walk, you will carry me legs. And you will walk. When it's time to think, you will carry me head. You think when it's time to sing, you will open up voice. 
Because Christ is my sufficiency. Try it and see if it doesn't work. Drop your Bible and change religion. I dare you. Wake up in the morning, read it to yourself. You start to cough. Say, hey, this cough, this is my cough. Hey, this is my cough, this is my cough. You have, you have, you have, you have personified the cough. You have personified the cough. You have impersonated the cough. My cough, my cough, my cough. Ah! I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. There's no space for this nonsense here. Don't patronize a depravity. Don't patronize a weakness. Something comes, the word of God comes to show you something in your life. The thing is been to you. You now start to justify yourself. Well, God is working on us. You are making your weakness to be comfortable. You are feeding your weakness chicken. It will grow fat. But you read the right act to it. I have the mind of Christ. My mind can be oscillating left and right and center. You take control of it. That's the news. You read the news. Don't wake up and wait for punch to tell you what's going on. Don't wake up and wait for guardian to tell you what's going on. Don't wake up and wait for the Metro or the Metro Express to tell you what's going on. Bloomberg is not what tells you what's going on. It's not Fox TV or CNN. It's the report you carry. Who has believed our report? It's the report you carry. You wake up, you are the newscaster. You're not the news recipient. Get up in the morning, read the news to yourself. Somebody asks you, how are you doing? Say, I'm good. Have you eaten? Oh, I've not eaten, but it's all good. Ah, it's all good. How did you sleep? I'm not so well. I'm always sleep. But it's all good. Because with Jesus, every day is a good day. Sons of God don't have a bad day. What nonsense. What nonsense. We don't have a bad day. So we, we, around here, we don't greet have a good day. We greet make a good day. It's up to you to make. Create a good day. Read the right act to your life. Read the right act to your health. The moment you read it to your health, your health will not get up. Because my faith is not the faith of a mustard seed. My faith yes. is the faith of the Son of God. Yes, sir. Who loved me and gave himself for me. His, it is his faith that I'm operating with. The life I now live, I live, Galatians 2.20, right? Into 21. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The faith of the Son of God. It's not mustard seed faith. Now, if a mustard seed faith could move mountains, how about the Son of God faith? Mustard seed. Say to this mountain, we removed and enter the sea. And don't doubt in your heart. Now we live by faith in the Son of God's faith. The faith of Jesus is inside me. Let the mountains be cast into the sea. Let the olive tree fail. Let the wine press produce no wine. Our faith is stayed. Yes. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion that cannot be moved, but abides forever. Yes, Read the news to yourself and everybody around you. Don't let anybody come and confuse you. I'm not looking for news. I'm emitting news. Yes. Releasing news yes. to my life and those of people around me. That's your posture as a son of God. Yes. That's your posture as a son of God. Let everything around you fail. Remember we said it's a kingdom that you have that is coming that cannot be shaken. That's why everything around you will be shaken. Everything around you will be shaken. Everything around you will be shaken. So if this is the end time, it is, it is people's conspiracy theory that can stop the end time from happening. So now that you have showed us that this is the end time and this is Antichrist, so now, it should now we should now pray and stop it. Because if you are stopping it, you are stopping scripture from being fulfilled. How much more confused? You see why the Bible calls it high sounding nonsense? 
So it's the end time. The world is ending. It, you, are, you are explaining prophecy from the Bible. You're not telling us to pray and refuse it so that the world will not end. How do you want to do that? So if you are convinced the world is ending, give away all your property. Give away all your money. Share it. Sell the cars and the private jets and share it to all of us so we can survive the few weeks that's remaining until the world ends. Preach nonsense. I determined to know nothing amongst you yes, except Christ yes, and Him crucified. Can you see how stupid it sounds? The world is ending. You are still hoarding your material. You are, if you are so convinced the world is ending and you know that you came naked, you will go naked. Give it all away. So we have only a few weeks left. And we stand there and we are deceiving gullible people. Preaching the news because on that day, the Bible says in the end, they will each heap unto themselves false prophets because they will have itchy ears. The reason why they're in business is because they are peddling to you what your ears want to hear. Empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and spiritual powers of this world are not from Christ. The moment you take your eyes off Christ, everything else is error. So you read the riot acts to yourself. You read the news to yourself. Now sit down there and fall in love with the unfollow button on Facebook. Unfollow, snooze, unfollow, snooze, yes. unfollow, snooze. Block! Unfollow. So people are posting everything. Not so much noise going around. You are following them as well. All kinds of nonsense stuff that we're doing. Posting all kinds of silly stuff. Stupid games. Stupid challenges. And not Christ. You can't do both at the same time. You can't serve two masters. Looking on to Jesus, Hebrews 12 and 2. The author and the perfecter of our faith. Take charge of the news. You have the news. You have the report. It's Christ and Him crucified. It's Him sat at the right hand of God interceding for us. It's Him guaranteeing our security. It's Him guaranteeing our eternity. It's Him guaranteeing our salvation. It's Him guaranteeing our holiness. It's Him guaranteeing our immunity. Jesus said, the prince of this world comes, but he finds nothing in me. That's the good news. That the news is that Christ and Him crucified is a game changer. I need no other argument. I need no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died and that he died for me. I need no other argument. I need no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died and that he died for me. In the words of Paul, I commend you to God and the word of his grace that is able to keep you and give you an inheritance among those who are sanctified. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening, and we hope it has been a blessing to you. For inquiries and further information, please send us an email to info at the or visit our social media platforms.